I believe with every fibre of my being that the course I have set out is the right one for our country and all our people. What has been achieved today is not Brexit. I don't believe this government has negotiated fairly or effectively. Brexit is a lose-lose situation. We have always followed the EU mandate. It is utterly unacceptable to anybody who believes in democracy. Hello and welcome to Brexit, The Final Countdown. I'm seasoned broadcaster and nation's sweetheart, Becca Hudson. And this week, I'm delighted to be joined by Express.co.uk Head of News, Paul Baldwin. Hello. Hello. And Europe Editor, Joe Barnes. Hello. Hello. Paul is uh, fresh from the piste. <laughs> Often found on the piste. <laughs> I was indeed on the piste. How was your holiday? Where did you go? Uh, um, I went to France to ski. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Very fancy. But, I, but I, I didn't do a great deal of skiing. No, I'm more interested in the... There's a lot of faff, isn't it, really? The reading. Is yeah. it a load of faff? Yeah, oh, I've never skied. Joe, are you a skier? Um, I've never been skiing and I will not go out of fear of my life. Okay, right, very <laughs> sensible. You're not missing anything, mate. It's a lot of posh people showing off. <laughs> a bit like this podcast. It's, um, it's, it's for the Metropolitan Elite and that is exactly it's, it's what we're not. totally is. I felt very unwanted and out of place, frankly. <laughs> we have 16 days until Brexit, you'll be relieved to hear. So let's make the most of it and begin. Okay, so the WAB, which once upon a time was was kind of big news, wasn't it? It used to get us very um, excited on this podcast. Uh, yes. Passed in the comments without any fanfare. Yes. Uh, last week, uh, we were all preoccupied instead with the return of Love Island, the latest instalment of Keeping Up with the Crown and World War Three. As we always are. As we always are. So it's now in the Lords um, and kind of de- being debated in our second chamber. The kind of controversial, interesting thing, I think, is that the government voted against the Dubs Amendment, which was the commitment made by Theresa May and her government uh, to reuniting child refugees with their families. Um, it's been taken out. And uh, Lord Dubs uh, is kind of lobbying very hard to get it put back in. And I just, and it's obviously not, um, what's the word? Game changing. It's probably not game-changing to the legislation, but I wondered what you both thought about this um, and whether this kind of sets the mood music for um, the next five years of, of being with Boris or and whether you think there's a better place for this kind of legislation, whether you think it should be tacked on to the WAB. Um, does anyone care about this kind of stuff anymore? This used to be, this used to fill episodes and yeah. episodes of podcasts. I think it's kind of instructive that it is the anniversary today, the one-year anniversary of uh, Theresa May's bid to get the Brexit withdrawal agreement through the Commons. When Whoa, she was is it? To, yeah. Uh, when she lost by 230 votes. And then if, you, you know, years long time in politics, we thought then there is no chance, or, you know, many people thought then there is no chance of this ever happening. And here we are. So yeah. it's kind of instructive that we're talking about, a, uh, not a minutiae, but a, um, a detail of the withdrawal agreement bill. Yeah. Uh, and we've fully accepted and, the, you know, the, the WAB itself... Yeah, is, is going through, um, is coming down the tracks basically. Yeah. And you don't think the Dubs Amendment is is a stumbling block? Uh, uh, no, I don't. I think it's uh, I think it's to be, probably to be welcomed, uh, and I think it probably will be. And I, I just don't see it as a massive problem. You think he will get back put put back into the bill? Almost certainly, yes. Joe, what do you think? I'm just interested in this because it's it's child refugees for God's sake. I mean, there it's. <laughs> I thought it was a universal... I don't think the government is going to kind of renege on this kind of previous promise, but what it's doing is it's showing its strength and its its majority by refusing kind of to back things like the Dubs Amendment being put into the web, like um, Erasmus, the 
European university kind of subsidised into the, into these bills because it can go actually no it's the government's choice of doing this in the future we're not going to be held like we're not going to be whipped by Parliament to do this anymore we are the almighty power so so it's, I think it's a bit harsh at this stage to kind of say that the government is ruining kind of children's lives by not allowing them to reunite with their families in the UK not allowing them to go and study abroad in Europe but basically what what, what it's saying by refusing these amendments is to go actually no we are the we are the whip hand of power now we are the ones who make this decision we are like we have basically reclaimed our sovereignty through Brexit is our mm. decision that, that, that's exactly what these refusals are about I think yeah. at the moment. a show of strength um, okay so that means that the next chapter of this great saga is going to be the trade negotiations we've got 11 months um, Joe can't wait he's looking forward to it <laughs> This is why we all pouring over millions of pages of trade agreements. Um, so the, the kind of this is where it might get a little punchy. We've only got eleven months to um, to come up with a comprehensive trade agreement with the EU, um, and I don't want to get too bogged down in the detail on this because we might lose a few listeners um, because it's probably not the sexiest stuff to go on about. But um, there's a really interesting chatter this morning about. Um, just this is this is where it could get kind of nasty. So the EU are going to insist on things like keeping its share of fishing rights for around 70 stocks that straddle the EU and UK waters. Um, they're going to kind of insist on this like dynamic um, alignment with their standards on the environment, taxation, labour and social standards, environmental protection, um, the level playing field is what they call it. So insisting that the UK matches the EU in all those areas so that we can't start undercutting them and becoming a kind of more sexy proposition to business from outside Europe. Um, does this therefore mean that the threat of a no-deal Brexit hasn't gone away and that come the end of 2020, we will be leaving on WTO terms? Joe? Well, ba- basically, the question the EU is asking, and, and it, is, it is setting the stall out for Boris to go, do you want to have frictionless trade, free, like genuinely free trade with Europe, or do you not? And say... If you want free trade, they're going to expect them to swallow things like access to uh, the UK's fishing waters for EU vessels, um, signing up to the EU's level playing field, so basically on environment and labour standards, not allowing Britain to change its rules too much from other countries. But if Boris Johnson goes, actually, do you know what? I don't really want frictionless trade. Then those demands will soon vanish, and then something else will have to be hashed out. I agree, and I... The thing for me is it's it's a negotiation, and it's a negotiation with a deadline, and Boris is at the helm, and Boris is a man who knows about deadlines. We've joked before about the fact that it took the EU seven years to do a trade deal with Canada, um, which is basically importing and exporting trees, isn't it? What else is there? <laughs> but, um, Maple syrup? <laughs> sorry, Canadians. Apologies. Royals? Uh, Royals. <laughs> <laughs> we got it in there. Um, so we did indeed. Um <laughs> So, uh, so, so you've got you've got that. He, he understands a deadline for a start, um, and he is nothing if not a pragmatist. And if there is negotiations and deals to be done, then then I just feel that he is the man in the way that Theresa May was not. Well, she wasn't a man, well, wasn't depending a man, on however but, however you identify. Well, Theresa May's well, pronouns were knows, not. Who knows how she identifies? At um, the moment. We're not getting into that. It's a very Piers, flexible I mean, world you're, you're we live doing, in. You're doing a great impression of Piers Morgan already <laughs> today, Paul. Thanks. Um, okay, so so with that, then we're saying that. The, our reluctance, or in fact Boris's refusal, outright refusal, and manifesto pro, uh, promise not to extend the deadline at the end of t- the transition period. You're, but you are confident, Paul, that he will whip up a mega deal that doesn't involve importing or exporting the, 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 trees. The, the, um, a lot of it is already leaving. in place. 
it just is in place. A lot of the the the, the deal, the withdrawal agreement, it's just common sense. It's just, of course, we'll do that. But this is the trick. We don't the, want deadly the... toys, and we don't want you know, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's there are negotiations to be done, but it's. So you're an optimist. You're backing I'm an, I'm Boris. Absolutely an optimist. Yeah. And you, so you don't think that the threat of No Deal is any stronger or still looming? I think it's receded from where it was a few months ago. Yeah, absolutely. When there probably wasn't going to be. A deal when we were definitely <laughs> yeah. leaving, yeah. and we were all stockpiling insulin. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, what do you think? You're kind of the man on the ground there occasionally, aren't you? I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of what. Um, so I, 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 before December, before kind of after the deal had been done, I went around talking to my sources and and speak, and one of them I think called it a first aid kit kind of deal, like a. Um, and basically they said, what we're going to do is we're going to try and eliminate the big hurdles to trade. We're going to turn this no-deal cliff edge into a gentle slope. Um, I don't know what they would be in skiing terms, Paul. Uh, <laughs> uh, not a, not a, a double run. diamond run or whatever they're called. <laughs> Paul's um, run to the pub, the bar. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, so, so what, what they're going to... Look, well, I don't think we can be under any illusions that this deal in 11 months is going to be all singing, all dancing. I've spoken to all manners of UK... Uh, former trade officials, EU trade officials, kind of the level of detail being include like won't be an all singing, all dancing trade deal. I think we can kind of agree on that. But what we're going to do is we're going to get a deal that kind of probably eliminates tariffs for key for key kind of exports into Europe and key imports. Um, there will probably be some fisheries attached to it. Um, with like it will be a kind of a run of the mill basic trade deal that kind of builds off our current relate builds off of our current relationship of being quite aligned but what they will look to do in the future is they will look to have evolution clauses that means that we can carry on basically adding lego bricks to this trade deal and eventually in seven years time that we will have this all singing all dancing kind of uk eu relationship okay so you don't either of you it seems aren't buying into the chatter to use that phrase again this morning that boris was kind of softening his language yesterday when he said um on that hard-hitting bbc interview with dan walker uh, where he said it was epically likely that we'd get a deal, which is obviously quite different to we will definitely get a deal, but you both... I think epically likely is hardly underplaying it. <laughs> I mean, you say it, but you say it all the time, so I'm just quite used to people describing things as epic. <laughs> when have I used the word epic? Yeah, I mean, you're just never that effusive about anything. Um, okay, well, I'd love to have such a cheering chat about trade yeah, with you both. Um, okay. So we're both 11 months, get it sorted, building blocks, Lego blocks, all that good, all those good analogies. Some, some, something will be done. It's interesting that, that you're getting the that you're getting the feedback from over there that a, a kind of resignation that it's got to be done, so we might as well get on with it, right? Is that, is that exactly? And they, look, like before the um, we had before the, the Brexit deal was agreed between Boris and and John Claude Juncker in October, um, they had something called the blame game in Brussels about the European Union was absolutely adamant that it would never be blamed for no deal. And now we're at another kind of scenario, but the blame game has kind of flipped. Boris Johnson has literally put his cards on the table and said, I will not uh, extend the transition period, um, which to remind our listeners uh, basically means that we will be signed up to the EU rule book. So we will, we will essentially be in the customs union, be in the single market until December 2020. Um, and he has said that we won't extend that. And that is basically him setting his stall out. So to avoid the blame game, being labelled and put on Brussels, Brussels has now gone, actually, okay, we, we're willing to work with your timetable. Let's go. Like, mm. We don't think it's ideal, but we have to because we don't want to be the ones blamed 
to kind of a bad deal at the end of, mm. end of December. OK, well, in the interest of balance, I'm going to say I disagree. And I think that Boris is going to have a tough time selling it over here if he starts giving our fish back to the Portuguese and our... <laughs> um, <laughs> I think they've especially got their eye on it. Um, and if he starts, you know, we, we want to turn this great island into the Macau of the channel. And I think if he's not allowed to start slashing labour rights and maternity fee, uh, maternity leave and minimum wage guarantees, which I'm pretty sure is what he's got up his sleeve, um, I think he's going to have a tough time selling that to the people sitting behind him in the House of Commons. And uh, I appreciate how gung-ho we're going to be. But um, the likes of June Mummery and all those um, people who lent him a Brexit vote are expecting a pretty, uh, you know, won't be happy to see these levels of compromise that I think we're going to end up having. Not only why, why would he slash minimum wage? How, how many votes would he get? Isn't it's, to make to make this loser. great to make this great country you know exciting and desirable from, <laughs> no, cu- from well, let me finish, why don't you let me finish my point then I can explain so you can learn something um, so the, the com- like, com- from companies overseas will want to do business here but they'll want to do it if there aren't loads of guarantees for workers uh, won't there but if we have to enshrine all those kinds of things to keep alignment with the EU they, we won't become as appealing as we want to be it would just never happen Boris is a centrist oh, okay. you, you keep sort of you know, uh, which bit was centri- which bit was central centrist about the campaign he's a, he's a, he's a natural centrist He's not an extreme right winger. It okay. just isn't. If, if you live through the Thatcher eras, you, you'd know about extreme right wingers, but it just isn't. I'm talking it's about I'm talking about what we're going to need to do to our economy and our models to make ourselves an appealing place to do business. That's what I'm talking. You can keep pulling a face. I just find it quite rude. Um, <laughs> I'm not pulling a face. Okay, let's talk about let's talk about something Paul likes talking about. Can you say this after me? Will you bung a bob for a big Ben Bong? Can uh, you say that? I, no. It's really, it's actually very hard. Bees are harder to say than um, you'd think. Um, it's the front page of our newspaper today, because that was, I think that was the top of the news agenda, actually, uh, that we, that the, the, the bell should ring no, no, it's a, it, at the end it's of a great January. Story. It, you know, it's a, it's a brilliant uh, capturing the imagination of the public type story. And um, £500,000 is going to well, cost to ring the bell. Well, this or are is, you going to volunteer to do it? This is the thing. Um, I would you'd volunteer do, you'd to do it, You'd be a great Quasimodo. Obviously. <laughs> But um, one of the reporters uh, did um, contact the contractors, I think it was yesterday, and I have to say my initial, oh, surely they should ring for Brexit, was tempered a bit because it's just bad timing. There's no floor there. So we'd have to What, put, beneath the bell? Oh, no. So, oh. so that's the problem, right? They've taken the floor out. Oh. A Remainer did have, that, probably. <laughs> almost certainly some killjoy Remainer. Was that Keir So you'd have to put another floor in. And it's, oh. as I say, it's just bad timing. It's just where it was in the sort of the, uh, the, the, um, the work that we're doing anyway. And then they would have to have the workforce standing by for one, two, three or four weeks. And the whole thing adds up to about half a million quid. And, and with the best Brexit will in the world, that just seems a bit crazy but boris is saying if the public wants to put their hand in the pocket and do it uh then i guess maybe it will happen you know uh there've been weirder crowdfunding well, we've done weird, things we've done right weirder now. things completely um mark francois suggested that maybe the staff of the today program do a cake sale and that we start having a whip round so we could probably do the same thing here shouldn't we <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that as a principle uh, what is so the public? Think, pay, the I'd, public I'd, paying to fund the. No, I'd, I'd like to see the, t- the staff of the Today program. I'd like to see you at a big sale. Um, <laughs> All right, you're on. This you, next Wednesday, I'll bring in cakes. Will you? What <laughs> you? you've right, made? That oh. I've made. Okay. <laughs> but that's gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna <laughs> what promise? <laughs> Sorry, Joe. That, that, that's going to be too late. So oh, next Wednesday, basically, yeah. the Commons Authority that has said um, that basically is in charge of Big Ben's bowl. 
um, has said funding basically has to be in place by January the 17th. Yeah, so it's very short. Okay, well, you can do Friday, the reading tonight. So and on Wednesday, is going to be in vain. I don't know if anyone... I'll bring in cake anyway. Yeah. Who doesn't like cake? But there is currently no mechanism for the public to give money Back to, to, this pro- to this project. Right. So I would kind of with Joe that... Um, probably not going to happen. Do you think if there weren't these sort of like logistic issues, do you think maybe it would be a slightly divisive thing to sort of ring a bell um, when when we, at the end of January, do you think maybe it would inflame some of the um, the, the tensions between remain, the Remain and Leave camps? Like, do you, I don't, I'm completely, I, yes, yes, do you, I, do. I think maybe it would. <laughs> and I don't know if we uh, need to it, go it there as me. a country. Do you <laughs> know what I mean? It was up to me that every church bell would be ringing. It's going to be so noisy. <laughs> I think they've refused it. Did you see that the, the union of bell ringers have said that they won't get involved in politicised oh, bell ringing? Oh, those campanologists yeah, are very they, political. Yeah, they won't, no, they don't want, they want to become, a, they want to remain a political institution <laughs> <laughs> politically independent yeah politically it's very right. important it's very important to them um it's gonna be bloody noisy at the end of january if all these if everyone's got their phone alarms and their car alarms and everything going off um i think it might be a little yeah. divisive i get i get it but it doesn't feel like a kind of bunting a time because we have got 11 months of trade negotiations and um yeah it I, feels I, like a, a sense of relief whatever side you're on i think that Thank you think, God, yeah. something happened. You Some, know, something it was has worth happened, and, something and it's happened. not just this eternal quagmire of you know us going nowhere, sort of thing. Do you think seriously that it is kind of front page news? Yeah, absolutely. So it's a fantastically populist story. Yeah. Do you, uh, no, but as in like, do you do you, it, do you think be, it reflects a bigger in the, debate in the pub tonight or last yeah. night? Is that where you you'd, were? You'd be, <laughs> that hence your right, you ain't going to be talking about the minutiae of the uh, the trade deals. You're going to be talking about a big man. And that's, you know, what makes a great story. Um, might you be attending Nigel Farage's Brexit carnival that he's seeking to get a licence for um, outside Westminster as well? I probably won't be there, to oh, be honest. I, think I like I'm, you. I think I'm busy that day. <laughs> You're washing your hair. <laughs> Joe, 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 would you like to go to sort of Nigel Farage carnival? I will be um, on January the 31st. Um, it'll be 12 o'clock Brussels time. I'll be likely standing outside of the various... European institutions waiting for the British flag to be lowered. Um, oh, very or, melancholy. Or, oh, my God. There's <laughs> <laughs> oh. sort of, yeah, a fan de cycle kind of thing going on there with everyone clearing their desks and sort of, I don't know. Yeah, like, it's like when know. Lehman Brothers collapse, yeah, yeah. you know, and everyone's like walking outside with their boxes yeah. of staplers. Grabbing the, so, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like company bits. Grabbing the packs of A4 paper for the princes at home, you know. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very much a tale of two sides to this, isn't it? So we think it would be great if the bell could chime, but there is no flaw. And half a million quid is a lot of of money to spend. Um, There are better ways of spending it. Do you think maybe if the great British public wanted a a bung a bob somewhere, they could they could put it somewhere else, maybe to some good use? Like the homeless people that will be sleeping outside on the 31st of January or the I don't know. Maybe I'm getting too woke. (laughs) Fly B needs a couple of quid to keep the airline afloat. Oh, it does indeed, float. yeah. That's what we could do. <laughs> so, yes. Bung a bob to... Bung a bob to Fly B. Fly B. It's really hard to say. And there are no rude words that it could that you could accidentally say by pronouncing that, but it's, it does feel quite wrong. Um, <laughs> okay, so Flick we won't... Fly to Fly B. So next week, Paul, maybe you can bake us some cakes and you can make some... bake some cakes, Brexit right. bunting that okay. we could have. Would I'm going to make some that? Brexit cakes. Brexit we should YouTube cakes. it next week. Oh, they'll be hard. You can see my Brexit. Hard to swallow. Hey. It'll take a long time, Ray. And you won't get them for another three years. 
the idea of you baking is really giving me some very strong visuals. Um, okay, so do we think this debate is going to rage or... Um, is this just like a nice bit of distraction from the chaos around us? Well, the Big Ben thing. Yeah, Big Ben thing. I, I, I think Joe's hit the nail on the head. It, it's um, uh, something of a, a three-day wonder or a four-day wonder, I guess, in this yeah. case. Yeah. Um, there is much other stuff going on that you're incredibly excited to talk about, which is the Labour Leadership Contest. Do you remember the Labour Party? Um... Yeah, yeah, vaguely. Yeah. They, yeah. yeah. Um, they're the lesser spotted Labour MP now. <laughs> uh, they're looking for a new leader. Um, I think we had all agreed it was going to be a lady, but now it's definitely going to be a man. Um, what? What? Have you, you've obviously been following this very closely. I know you pay close attention to the Labour Party. What do you make of the candidates in the debate so far? Well, I, I have to say, said I, I think it would be good for a, a woman, but yeah. I thought it was always going to be Keir Starmer, mate, because he looks Oh, come part, on, like right? a man. No, he looks the part. <laughs> Like, um, um, Thatcher looked to the part. Didn't, it's not a male-female thing, what right? What part? Yeah. But, um, like a part. It, you, you look at some of the other candidates and you really think, you go into a room with Vladimir Putin, he's going to eat you for breakfast. Who do you think he'd be most likely to eat? Oh, well, probably all of them, to be honest. <laughs> On <toast>. Right. <laughs> Kebabbed. <laughs> um, but, uh, I mean, Starmer's the front-runner and um, he will probably win. What, is, uh, what I found hilarious, and I, I wrote a piece last week about, was... Um, this fantastic kind of scramble to show us all how poor and working class they are. There's been a lot of like <laughs> gritty hilarious. videos, haven't there? Yeah, lots of, um, I grew up on this estate one yeah. for 10 minutes Keir, and then I became a lord. Yeah, or, absolutely. Sir well, Keir. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Lady, what's, talk, uh, what's them? Lady Emily Thornberry. Em- Lady yeah. Emily Thornberry. There's yeah. a clue there, isn't there? <laughs> that they may not be the uh, working class kickers of... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. But um, Keir's, Keir's taking the word millionaire off his Wikipedia page. Just in case anyone. So have you, though. <laughs> <laughs> you made me take it out of the introduction. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, yeah, Lady Elby Thornbury saying, um, I, there was an interview with her saying, oh, yeah, my mum was on benefits, and like, you know, as if she was grew up on some tough council estate. When in fact, she is, as you point out, a lady. And um, oh, she said her dad was out of work. He was out of work in between scrambling a living as the Director General, Assistant <laughs> Director General of the United Nations. <laughs> A jobbing, <laughs> a jobbing <laughs> assistant director general of the. It got work a when it free, could. A freelance. You know, oh god. Tried to put food on the table somehow, and it, it just that that scramble for for the northern what they perceive to be in a very patronising way yeah. the northern working class vote. Do you do you think because after the election we were all like yeah the Labour Party needs to look and sound a bit more like the North and yeah. it would be great if the leader had some funny vowels like you. Thanks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Talking about patronising. <laughs> But I, but do you actually think like the message? Like, what message do you think? What, what would uh, those voters behind the red wall, the old red wall, would what do they respond to? Is it like stories of aspiration? And do you know what I mean? Like what? Because um, it does feel very patronising to be like, oh yeah, I had it really yeah, toughly. No, uh, I mean, it's it's you can be posh and a good Northern Labour MP. Jack Straw was uh, my MP years ago. Well, he was MP for Blackman for years, mm. and he was an Oxford boy, and he was a bit posh, but he. He understood people, and specifically he understood the British people mm. in the way that the Labour Party uh, in recent years, and obviously, you know, as we found out last month or the month before, uh, completely misreads the, 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 the real British person, the mm. real sense of what, what a British person thinks, feels, wants, needs, hopes for, dreams for, blah, blah, blah. Um, so they need somebody with, with that. Um, that. That's what, that's the only thing that... that Anyone, you know, north of Watford Gap would really respect it. It doesn't particularly matter if they're 
working class or, well, you know, they'll vote for Boris and Boris is posh as they come. Quite. So, um, Joe, who do you think, over, knowing knowing the people that you know over in Brussels, who do you think they would um, respond to the best or who do you think would be eaten on toast to coin <laughs> or kebabbed, I think you said. <laughs> who would be kebabbed by the Europeans? <laughs> who would be kebabbed? Well, they're, they're, they're like, Keir Starmer, they say, is a real details man and he, he actually had probably quite a good Brexit and, but Labour, they're irrelevant. They're out of they're out of power for five years. Brussels is going to be dealing with Boris Johnson and Boris Johnson only, unless he does something incredible that means he's ousted from power early. But that's, mm. it's not going to happen. So, so who Brussels thinks is good is irrelevant. It's they they are dealing with Boris Johnson. Mm. Who 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 have you thought has performed particularly well in these hustings? Um, I, as, I, as I mentioned, uh, Boris, uh, Keir Starmer had, had a good Brexit and he is across the detail. He's a bit of a Freudian of slip, that one, not it? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I am personally kind of of a, uh, like I, I think maybe it's time for like a Lisa Nandy, someone from outside of London, because how is Labour going, the question is, how is Labour going to reclaim its heartland, that supposed red wall? Um, because that that is where they lost their votes. They lost basically the working class kind of towns outside of London who would previously say, we rely on the Labour government to keep us propped up. So maybe maybe it's time for someone out of this kind of metropolitan elite to actually step forward and say, look, let's actually transform the Labour Party into what it once was. There's, but the, the, the sort of... the problem for me is that even uh, Keir Starmer, who again I think is a, is a kind of Labour moderate really, has been saying things like, we don't want to return to the bad old days of Tony Blair. And you kind of think, well, when you actually were in power and won... He probably means won, the illegal war, won doesn't he? He probably no, no, does he, mean no, that. Not totally. That wasn't great. He means... <laughs> yeah, but the, the years before that, everyone just, just like comes out with this kind of lazy, oh Blair, that's Iraq, isn't it? Before that, the Labour Party were... were a useful, good government for the country at the time. There's no Very question about it, right? Yeah. Um, and, and the idea that the Labour Party don't want to return to that because they've been so wildly successful with Corbynism <laughs> is insane. Yeah. You know, continuity Corbynism, it's like, it, it just, it, it completely boggles the mind. Um, I can see on your notes you've written Jess Phillips might be the real deal. I, I quite like <laughs> Jess Phillips. Yeah. Jess Phillips, right? Um, I think she, she talked quite a lot of sense in, and, Again, she plays a bit of the, you know, I'm dead working class, mate. She, it's the hoop she's earrings. Not, she's a nice middle class girl. But you, you, you can be nice sensible. and working class too, you know, by the way. <laughs> no, but it's, no, it's not, I'm not, I, I am, uh, so. <laughs> so, uh, but it, but it's it's the, it's, I, I, I did, um, I was writing the, the Pulp song, Common People. Yeah. Right, there's a lot of that going on. You know. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I want the vote of, you know, they, they want the vote of common people like you yeah. is, is the thing. <laughs> and there's a line at the end of that song about everyone hates a tourist. And I think that's completely true of, of anyone who pretends to be something that they're not in politics. Absolutely. You know, um, and, and that's, the, that's the only thing that it's a, a dangerous game for them to play because people aren't thick and they can see through it a yeah. mile away. I really like Jess Phillips too, but I... I just can't see it. I don't see her kind of uh, in that in a room in with Putin. Thing. Kind of no, right. which is I don't Again, know. I, I don't problems with that. But, uh, uh, but as a politician, I think she's person, incredible. I think she's really good. And I kind of hope this doesn't damage her if yeah, she doesn't. Absolutely. Do, yeah, I, I kind yeah. of hope she continues yeah. to be an amazing campaigning politician because yeah. I think she's fab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Okay, so we think it'll be Keir Starmer, but kind so. of irrelevant. But I, remember, what the, um, I remember the uh, getting the unions on side is a big thing. And yeah. it was, uh, I think, Unison that swung the deal for um, Ed Miliband against the run of play, massively against the run of play. That was mm. a sort of 11th hour thing and suddenly came out of nowhere because he got the backing of the biggest union. And that was the beginning of the real Labour Party problems, I think. So who knows where this is going to end up. The sensible thing, surely, if you're interested in getting votes and uh, getting back into power, would be Keir Starmer, I think. Yeah. For the reasons we've already said. Um, Joe, I'm going to show you an anecdote that you told us before we started recording, that Joe is a member of the Labour Party but can't figure out how to cancel his subscription, <laughs> which is a little bit like, you know, when you have a magazine or Netflix and you just don't know how to get out of Or, or LinkedIn <laughs> Premium. That's another not, thing that's impossible minute, to cancel. Minute uh, type right at the bottom is not, if you want to unsubscribe from the Labour yeah. Party. <laughs> um, so, Joe, wh- who would you cast your vote for? I mean, you don't have to say because I appreciate it's a secret ballot, but <laughs> it would be good to fill some time. I, I, again, I I, 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 I must. I must admit, I've not closely watched the uh, the deputy uh, spot. I, I, I found it amusing that Richard Bergen was standing outside of the Parliamentary Labour Party office, basically begging people to back him so he could get his, his 21 or 22 yeah, yeah, yeah. nominations. Yeah. <laughs> which Very undignified. As I said, I think, I think the Labour Party needs a kind of uh, a bit of a kick up, kick up the backside and Probably someone that's not from London, not part of it, not it's part Lisa of Nandy, it, I can uh, tell. shadow cabinet <laughs> that's been so horrendous for his party and for his, his voters. Like, imagine, like, there's, like, we, I know it's now weeks ago, it's, well, we're near, there were a month since the election, isn't it, almost? Um, but these, these Labour voters who, or people, constituencies have voted Labour all of their lives in the North. Yeah. And then suddenly to back the Tories. There's something deeply wrong, isn't there? Yeah, there so is. um, I, I, I think it needs a whole kind of a reset and a, a new way of thinking. And I think Lisa Nandy people, people understands like that. Jeff Phillips and Lisa Nandy are yeah. kind of promising that. Uh, I, I think she was one of the few people that, that gets that you're not in power to teach voters how to vote. You're there to serve their their their, their will, basically. Uh, and exactly. and she, she, she gets that. But again, it's the in a room with Putin thing with Lisa Nandy again. I just don't. See Who would want to be in a room with him, though? <laughs> That's the other thing. It's but the inclination. You will, you know, it? no, I, it's a great, it's a good test. But I feel like, are there any female leaders that you can see in the room with um, Vladimir Putin? Um, like, is is it framing things in that debate what is skewing the gender bias a bit on this? Do you know what I mean? Um, maybe, well, all right, maybe, but maybe the world I'm is not accusing skewed. you at oh, all. Okay, that's I mean, saying. genuinely. You have to be, if, if the game is to become the Prime Minister, and if you're the Prime Minister, you're an international statesman on a world stage. States person, sorry. Yeah, that's it. Um, it? Correct, apologies. Um, I don't think you like person, though. You always, <laughs> I, I remember know, you always scream across the newsroom, uh, find out if it's right. a man or find states, out if it's a woman. Right, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Statesman or stateswoman. Right. Mm. But you, you have to be, you have to be that. You have to yeah. be good enough and, and big enough and ugly enough to get in a room with Putin or get in a room with Trump or get in a room with anyone. Boris. And, and punch, you know, above your weight, basically. Yeah. And it's just hard to see that. From Do you think um, Theresa May ever exhibited that, that, those no, kinds of qualities? No, not at all. Do you think Hillary Clinton ever has? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think she's... Benazir Bhutto? <laughs> like 20 questions. Kim Kardashian? <laughs> Kim Kardashian, I'm definitely. I'd pick Kim against anyone. Putin yeah. would be on his mind. <laughs> yeah, I think she could floor him. Okay, yeah. so we are interested in the Labour Party leadership contest, but we but we don't think it's overly significant, which is quite standard. Yeah, that's the thing, yeah. yeah. Um, 
obviously Boris and Jeremy Corbyn are going head to head at PMQs today. Um, I guess this is a chance for Boris to talk about what do you reckon it'll be today? Iran? No, that was all last week, wasn't it? So what's it? What's he talking about this week? Fly B. Well, hopefully, but Matt the, Hancock. I've got you. You've got his well, NHS stuff well, on there. Well, there? there is. They're spending a lot of money on the NHS. They're going to push that thirty-four billion. Yeah, it's loads of money. It. Yeah, but the NHS is expensive. Mm. It, it's, it has a budget, the GDP of a middle-sized country. We always forget that it's yeah. massive. It's, Could that be you know, led by a woman? Just <laughs> 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 a middle-sized one. <laughs> no, what a country! If it were a country, yeah. No, I think it, I think last time I checked, it had the GDP of something like. Uh, Pakistan. Jeez Louise. Yeah. So uh, it's 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 a huge, huge, mm. huge... So a necessary injection of cash, but so a nice, yeah. but nice yeah, yeah. sexy big number for the... Yeah, yeah, it is, you know. For people. Uh, and, and it clearly needs it. I don't know if you've been in hospital recently, but... Just yeah, to have a facelift really and it was fine. Uh, uh, my sister-in-law came over from Spain and uh, was unfortunate enough to end up in hospital. And she said, I cannot believe your hospitals. They're oh just, gosh, they're decrepit and ancient. Oh, that's and horrible. Yeah, that's was, horrible yeah. for two reasons. Isn't yeah, it? I hope she's all yeah. right. She's sending sending her love fine. and best wishes from the podcast. They, they do get the best care in the world, by the way. What in Spain? <laughs> no, in Britain. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's just I don't at the mean hospitals. In your house. No, it's just that <laughs> the hospitals are decrepit. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but the medical staff are second to none. Um, I've got to ask, because it is an ongoing issue, uh, Megxit. Yes. So the decision uh, that Prince Harry and Meghan Markle made to step back from their roles as senior royals and kind of split the time between here and Canada. Um, what what do you think of that? And do you think this is do you think it's right that Boris has kind of stayed out of it? And Joe, it would be great to have your thoughts on this as well as a Joe, do you want to go first? Tea towel <laughs> collecting <laughs> royalist. I feel like a million cans of worms are about to be opened. Just be careful. Um, <laughs> this is, yeah. um, Specifically, the political let, response. I'd like us to talk about. All right. Okay. I was about to say let 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 me uh, be abundantly kind of clear that I am so glad that I am in another country and uh, <laughs> not subject. So Harry and Meghan. So is Meghan, yes, so Harry. Um, I've done, I've performed my own kind of independence movement a long time before then. Uh, You're hoping to become financially independent at some point. (laughs) 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 Um, But let's, uh, let's, let's let's actually think about it. They're, they're, they are, we, we, we talk about kind of taxpayer burdens like the NHS, the royal family are kind of, we, pay for them in our taxes. So if, if one of them does want to be independent, what's the problem? Like, that should We can consider that a saving. That's very true, yes. I, I actually don't agree. I think that we should keep paying for their security. I think I, I stand with Preeti Patel on this and Emily Thornbury that I think even if they do decide to uh, split their time between here and another Commonwealth or any country, um, I think we owe it to them both to pay for their security. I mean, Harry served in the in Afghanistan for, was it 10 years? Um, and they're still part of our, our treasured... Yeah, well, royal family. So um, I should I should hope we keep them safe. I think it would be well, we will. a huge target. We will anyway. There's, yeah, there's I, no I, 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 don't think that's, I don't think that's in question, is it really? Yeah. But yeah. I know you're right. Harry, Harry, Harry's actually, for all the criticism he's got, is a, he's, a, he's a brilliant bloke. Look what he does for charity. The, Invic- the Invictus Games for kind of injured uh, former war, war veterans and yeah. British Army kind of yeah. people who left. He's, 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 he's fantastic. And actually, that is something that probably the government should be doing itself. Um, and but he's taking it upon himself to kind of raise this issue and make it a big deal, which is brilliant. And like, yeah, look, so, it, so if, the, if, if the bloke wants to leave and like kind of leave the public eye a bit or actually concentrate his efforts on not being kind of Britain's kind of carpet to roll out every time a 
you need a diplomatic kind of yeah. handshake done. Yeah, let, let, let him go and do his own thing. I, 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 I think the Queen, the Queen actually, and Guy Hofstadt yesterday to kind of bring the connotation in, said absolutely, she's been really flexible and used that as a moment to encourage Boris Johnson to be flexible in Brexit negotiations. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good... <laughs> to, 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 to bring it back to Brexit. Brilliant segue. I think what is quite sad um, is that... The, I know this is really about constitutional issues, but um, the royal family and Britain will lose a little bit of sparkle, really, if yeah. they disappear. You know? I agree. I agree. Um, I think they're a really, I think they're a real asset to this country. Really they, they glamorous, are, cool. They are the star royals, aren't they? Have yeah. been for a few years, and they do have that that star quality, that extra. Um, and whatever you think about the politics of it, and blah blah blah, we'll we'll be a bit the poorer if they leave. I think. I I, right. I completely agree with you. So. I oh, saw that, that's a, that's oh my a god! I, <laughs> that's a moment for I cake. Saw, there was a yeah. Oh, if only you'd done your baking last night. Um, there was an interesting YouGov poll that if you, that people who voted for Brexit are less inclined to want them to leave, and people who voted Remain are more inclined to let them leave in a kind of perverse flipping of the <laughs> coins. But I think we can kind of see how that might follow. Yeah. Um, okay, so um, we wish them well, but yeah, I agree with you. Lose a bit it, of the shimmer. I'll, I'll tell you something as well. It, it is complicated. And I think there's more chance that we'll get a Brexit before we get a Megxit. <laughs> You're so good at this. You could you could you could look at all the all the similarities. Look, the Queen had to call an emergency summit. She had working parties putting dossiers yeah. on potential outcomes. Yeah. There's a transition period. It's all like the Brexit similarities. Are, we've we've almost been a she kind of put forward a Bre- uh, Megxit leaving document three times and had it refused. <laughs> Before you finally got it through. As long as it's not 600 pages, exactly. uh, I might consider reading it. Chaps, well, this has been a great episode of Megxit, the final countdown. Um, thank you, Joe. It's been great to speak to you. Paul, great to have you back in the fold. It's been a little thank while you since we yes, had your dulcet indeed, tones. Yeah. Well, I'm, um, I'm back for good. Thank God. <laughs> Excellent. Um, until next time. Thanks, chaps. See you later, thank Joe. You. Goodbye. Well done for making it to the end of an episode of Brexit, The Final Countdown. If you're still enjoying The Countdown, you can subscribe for free. And if you're really enjoying The Countdown, you can also leave us a review.